Dear Diary, today I interviewed someone who was Ronnie Rhino for 15 years. He is currently Vinny the Viking, and all opinions are of the guests, not of the team. Take a listen. Do you need any clarification for anything else? No, I think that's just the main thing is I just, uh, yeah, I, I just want to keep it anonymous. I've never really been known outside of the mask, as it were. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to stay that way. Alrighty. Okay, so whenever you're ready. How long have you been a mascot? Um, I've been a mascot now since 1997, so 20 years, 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and I'm 37, so more than half my life now, I guess. No, I feel like that's really young. I mean, you, you, you're still in your prime, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish. Uh, I've just retired after 15 years of um, being my last mascot. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like I'm coming to the end. I've, uh, I've got, I'm still doing Vinnie the Viking at the moment for, for Yorkshire Cricket. Um, and I think I've got a few more years left. I'd like to maybe keep going till, uh, till 40. We'll give it a go. And so how many characters would you say you've been over the years? I think I've been about seven now. So I started um, in 1997. Um, basically, my best friend's dad was chief attack of St. Helens uh, Rugby League Club. And uh, his other son was uh, St. Bernard, which is a big St. Bernard dog uh, for St. Helens. And uh, he broke his nose, so they needed someone to step in. And um, they asked the, the sons, you know, who do you think could do it? And they just said, it's a real show off. He'll love it. So basically, I, I got that one. So that was my first one, St. Helens. Then um, from that, I did a one-off Liverpool um, mascot, Liverpool Football Club, which was the Carlsberg Elephant. And that was just a one-off because they didn't have a mascot. And they needed one for the um, Handicap World Cup. can't remember what year that was, but it had been around... 98 I think something like that um, and then I went to Bradford City Football Club which is my hometown uh, I'm a Bradford City fan um, unfortunately so I uh, uh, was Billy Bantam um, for about a year and then Leeds Rhinos came in for me uh, I'm a Leeds Rhinos fan as well so that worked out quite nicely um, in 2001 and like I say I just retired from that in February um, so it was a, an amazing time with uh, Leeds Rhinos. Uh, and that was because Dave Howes, who was at St. Helens, went to actually Leeds Rhinos. So uh, he, uh, he asked me to follow him uh, over to Leeds Rhinos. So that was a great move. And like I say, I had some fab times there. But since then as well, while doing Ronnie, I've also been Terry the Tyke, which is uh, the rugby union mascot for, for Leeds, or Yorkshire Carnegie as they called. And also, um, Cabris once came in for me and asked me to do Bertie Bassett. I don't know if you've heard of Bertie Bassett in America. No. Uh, it's like a big licorice <laughs> also. Um, so I, I, I did free games f- f- uh, as Bertie Bassett at the um, Rugby Tri-Nations in about 2003, I think that was. And then uh, my last one, like I say, is Vinnie Viking, which uh, I was approached um, about two years ago to become Vinny. Uh, and I, at the time, I was thinking, I'm getting too old for this. I can't do it. But, um, you know, it turned out to be a great offer. And uh, so, so I took it on. It was only seven games a year. So I thought, now I'm getting old. Um, 
we'll give it a go. And uh, I've loved it, actually. It's been really good fun. That's so, yes, awesome. seven in total. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Um, <laughs> so uh, you said your longest job was was the Rhino, right? Yeah, yeah, running Rhino. Like I said, 2001 till uh, I just re- finished in February 2017, yeah. So I had a great time with those. Yeah, some amazing um, things that I could never imagine to do unless uh, I'd have been a mascot. So, yeah, some great stuff. So was that your only job, what, those 15 years, I think you said? No, no, I mean, um, it's, it's a part-time job. I did get actually asked to be full-time, but I, I work in a building society, which is a little bit different. So it's like a, um, a mutual, I think you have in America, you call them mutual banks. Um, so, yeah, so I work at a building site in, um, <laughs> during the week as my full-time job. And then um, I was contracted for, it's about normally about 20 games a year for Rhino. So I only do, I only did match days um, in all my mascots, really. I've always been contracted to match days. Um, and then every now and again, uh, we do appearances as well. So, you know, we have Christmas light turn-ons, Christmas parties, parties, weddings, anything, uh, really. So um, as I got older, um, I did less and less of the appearances. But when I first started, um, you know, we were saving for his first house and everything. Um, so I took everything on when I first started. Yeah. So I went to a few uh, a few different places, lots of kids' parties and um, getting changed in weird and wonderful places. So, yeah. So it sounded like you kind of fell into the position. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, um, I guess I'm a failed sportsman, really. I always wanted to, uh, uh, I played football to a quite good standard till I was about 13 and then everyone shot up and got big and I didn't kind of grow that much. Um, so um, it kind of stopped there and fizzled out for me a little bit. I played football all my life, but um, not as good a standard as I was when I was 12, 13. Um, and then cricket as well, I played all right. But uh, again, never good enough to quite make it. But um, my mum was uh, an Olympic gymnast and in the 1972 Games. And uh, my dad was um, fifth in the world at acrobatics. And in fact, moved to America to become the acrobatics coach. I did a lot of gymnastics as well. So it, it, it's kind of like loads of different pieces adding up to make me into really um, an okay kind of, well, hopefully a good mascot. You know, I've got lots of different little things that never good enough to make pro at anything, but add them all together and they kind of make, uh, you'll you be able to do a few silly things in uh, in a costume. No, I think that's great. I mean, you had a little bit of everything and that's just like crazy when you're telling me all this information about your mom and dad. I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my mum swung, uh, swung around the gun on the uh, the credits of Spy You Love Me. So that's my mum, you know, on the James Bond Spy You Love Me. So uh, that's one of her uh, claims to fame, bless her. <laughs> so yeah, she's the silhouette swinging around the gun. And so with all this inspiration around you, I mean... You said you started dancing, right? What other things did you do in the suit? I mean, besides dancing, you were obviously around a gymnast. Were you able to do cartwheels and stuff like that? Or Yeah, yeah. I can, basically, I can do round-offs, cartwheels. I can do um, supported back summies. So I, early on, someone could flick me and I'd uh, do back summies. But later on, basically, when we've got trampettes, so like mini trampolines, I can do 
somersaults and, and back somersaults. So it looks a lot better when uh, we have that. Now, I've only had those at a couple of games. But, yeah, mainly my, my party piece was always the uh, the caterpillar or the worm, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. great dancing. That was, that was always my party piece. But, yeah, it's just entertaining the crowd, showing off, really, was 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 my main thing you know I, I remember when I first took over as, as Ronnie which was my main one I guess um I was getting booed <laughs> they were, you know I was getting songs saying you're not Ronnie uh fortunately there was only three games left in the season so uh those last three games I got some pain I got some songs about me and things and then oh, the next boo. season I kind of started afresh so the last three games I was told you know copy the guy before you know, do as much as you can, but they could tell the crowd could tell it wasn't it wasn't him. So the following season, rather than walking out as Rocky and pretending to be a boxer, I just I started walking onto the pitch, and all of a sudden, I just started sprinting across the pitch, and then halfway across, threw my arms out. The crowd were going crazy, and then I just did a dive in front of the stand, and then they all just went crazy. And about. I started doing that every single every single game, and then the following year, we started um, actually charging for someone to run out with uh, Ronnie, and you'd have like a Ronnie mascot, and they'd come out and do the dive and do a silly little dance with me at, at the front. So you know that was always a a good thing that happened as well. I always look at that fondly that you know I started a new thing, which is carrying on now as as I've retired. Actually, I can see him doing it every game. So no. Some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's great when you have crowd participation and they just love what you're doing. I think you get them, you just get them on that home opener because they're just so excited, anyways. So anything you throw at them, yeah, yeah they're gonna love. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and the good thing about definitely rugby league more than any of the other sports, um, they're really engaged with uh, pre-match entertainment. Uh, and uh, and Ronnie, fortunately, was really loved by the crowd even when I took over you know before I took over I was loved by the crowd and um you know the the marketing team at Leeds are fabulous and really wanted to promote the pre-match entertainment so you know I got to I'm just trying to think of people who, who you might know uh, I, I got to dance with Tony Christie who were at Vegas one day I think for a few years <laughs> Uh, is this the way to Amarillo? But um, Ollie Mers, who's um, a big star in England, he uh, I don't think he's over in America yet. But, um, yeah, he he performed uh, and done dances with him, and it's all over YouTube. So, that, you know, we've had abseiled in off uh, the top of the south stand, most notably live on TV. I was abseiling down, and I actually fell <laughs> so oh I slipped gosh. and this was live on TV and I was hanging upside down for what felt like eternity but, but when I watched the video back it was literally about two seconds <laughs> upside down but yeah I thought I was a goner but the, the head stayed on um, but yeah that lifted my um, my Twitter followers from I think about a thousand to four thousand overnight so that was good would you say that was the most dangerous thing that you've done in the suit? I was going to ask, but I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done, uh, so I've done abseiling, zip wiring from the top of the Carnegie stand. That was fun. So all the way across the pitch, walking on, um, uh, fire walking, done that. Fire walking in the quite... suit? Like the, the text yeah, specifically yeah. says it's flammable. <laughs> Stay away from fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was for 
um, it was for charity. Um, so yeah, I did, I did that. I walked, um, I had to get my feet painted by a face painter. I remember I got it all painted gray because obviously normally I wear, I normally wear boots. I don't wear the big boots because, um, I like to be, a, a, you know, kick the rugby ball and, and things like that. So yeah, I normally wear uh, boots, but in this time I just had to paint my feet and then just walk over the hot coals. So yeah, fortunately they weren't flames. It was, uh, it was hot coals rather than anything else. So we raised a bit of money for, for charity there. But I also did the um, the London Marathon, which oh, wow. that was tough. That was tough. The whole uh, thing in the suit. Yeah, yeah. Oh Me gosh. and the um, the operations director Steve Ball. Uh, we we did it at the time, um, and uh, it took eight hours fifteen seconds for me. But um, basically, we walked all the way around. But after about six miles the mile markers started getting taken down. So it was so demotivating. <laughs> you know, every time we got to a, the mile marker, someone's taking the mile markers down. So by the time we got to eight miles, we didn't have any mile markers. We didn't have a clue where we were. Um, and then, you know, later on, when you get to the uh, the LucasAid stands or the energy drink stand, there'd be kids running down the street with full packs of LucasAid and there'd be nothing left for us. And we'd have been there going for like six hours by that point. So, yeah, I had I had blisters on my feet the size of tennis balls. It was it was the toughest thing I have ever done. So, yeah, that were But I did Caterpillar over the finishing line after eight hours, 15 seconds. So, so that was good. Were you the last one, like the very, very last one or no? There was... No, no. I think we, we were... Well, what's funny is Steve, who went over the line at the exact same time as me, did it in seven hours 30. But I remember at the start of the race, you've got like a little token on your foot so it knows when you go over the line and it starts your ticker. I needed the toilet. And in order to get to the toilet, you had to go past the starting line. So I didn't think of this at the time, but I went to the toilet and then ran back and then waited in line for half an hour. <laughs> so... In the end, I was 35,000, uh, and I think Steve was about 33,000. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we were, I want the last still. No, there was, I think it was the same year that I, uh, a guy did it in a scuba diving outfit. Oh and I think it gosh. took him a few weeks, but I think there was about 40,000. Wow. So, yeah. How did you drink water? Did someone cover you while you lifted the mask? Well, th- to be honest, that the, the the marathon is the only time I've ever took my head off for any length of time. But um, it to be fair, it, I mean in London, not a lot of people would know Ronnie, so it would just like there were loads of fancy dress people. So a lot of people just thought I were fancy dress. So whenever there wasn't many people there, which unfortunately, as we were right near the back, the crowd had gone by the time we got anywhere. Um, I could, you know, just take my head off. And if there was a big crowd, I'd just go uh, and hide somewhere and, and have a quick drink. But the other thing is I can squirt water through. Quite oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that done before. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, so many questions. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to jump into this one because... I really want you to talk about this because this is about my favorite mascot ever. (laughs) Do you have any regrets? I think you mentioned something about this being a regret in the email that you sent me, but whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) 
No, I do. I do have regrets. Um, and I know the one you're talking about is uh, <laughs> I, I went over to see my family in America and um, me and my wife went to a, a Los Angeles Galaxy game. Now, what's hilarious is we had these tickets and, and my um, a friend of the family was the marketing uh, manager. So he got us like exec passes. So he said, these are the best seats in the house. So we got there and uh, no one knew on the gate these passes so in the end we got sat behind the goal and we were just next to the drummers oh my gosh all game just bang 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 anyway with 10 minutes ago I, I see Tommy uh, and he's going what are you doing in that stand man you're meant to be at the side of the pitch so anyway he, t- he takes us out of that stand and basically we were sat next to Carlos Valderrama on pitch side with beaters for the last five minutes of the game so <laughs> I'm absolutely gutted um, but the reason why we talk about uh, Los Angeles Galaxies I was actually asked to be um, the mascot again this will have been 2003 so it was just before Cosmos which I think uh, Cosmo which is your favourite but yeah I was asked to be uh, the Los Angeles Galaxy mascot and because um, I was away with my wife for the first time in America meeting my family I, I didn't think it were right to leave a pitch side by yourself we probably wouldn't still be married if I'd have done it so <laughs> so it's a regret in the mascoting world uh, I wish I'd have had a chance at it because I know the other thing is professional mascots in America you know can make a, a full living out of it I've heard some some good stories yeah um, about you know you can get a real good money for it so uh, mine's always been great in terms of being able to top up my my wage and everything but never to the extent where I could just do that one job you know there's not enough games a year in England to do that whereas in America I think baseball they play hundreds of games don't they yeah I don't even know how many it's just a lot yeah yeah so yeah so that's I think it's the baseball mascots and uh, NBA where you can uh, obviously play lots more games so yeah no so that was that was a big regret yeah I mean I've I'd been asked to be other mascots as well. I, I got asked to be Leeds United mascot just before uh, they went bankrupt. So I'd, I got, I'd organised my fee and everything, which were going to be uh, a really good fee. And I was still going to stick doing running because I absolutely loved it. But I was going to do Leeds United as well on the side. Um, but yeah, but they went bankrupt, so it all fell through. Um, so that was a shame. I also got asked to be um, the Lancashire Lightning, actually, cricket. And again, that was, I think that was uh, in the early years of Ronnie, so maybe 2001 or something like that. But I ended up turning it down because it was just uh, to do that every other weekend. And it's a much longer game cricket. You know, it's, it's a lot tougher. As I learned when I became Vinnie Viking, a fab mascot for Yorkshire, I absolutely love it. But it's the hardest thing in terms of mascot in uh, match days I've ever done because it's hotter. It's the summer and there's so many levels to it it's huge it really is it's uh i don't know if you've seen it it's a big ginger viking uh i don't know sometimes i get confused so I, it's not coming to mind right now like so many mascots <laughs> yeah i'll send you i'll send you a picture of him he's uh, he's hilarious he's he's great but when i first um when i first got in the suit uh, as vinnie viking I'll, I'll never forget it was the hottest day ever um and I had to have a shower halfway through the match just because it was so hot. I was, I was dying. Uh, I've never experienced heat like it, but it, it has muscle legs and like a muscle top and then yeah. <laughs> outfit over the top of it. 
Now, I've got quite big legs, so I, I said the following season, I were like, do you mind if I just get rid of the muscle legs? It's just too hot. It's too hot. So, yeah, we, we got rid of those finally. And uh, uh, it's made it a lot easier now, so I can do all my tricks again. And we've done somersaults and dance uh, and um, a bit of uh, acrobatics and uh, break dancing. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good one now. I feel like you keep saying they got I got asked to do this and I got asked to do that. Did you ever have to audition for like anything? No, I do you know I've, I've I've never auditioned for mascotting. Wow. It's uh I mean obviously the early days it was just like uh, I never ever knew about mascot and if I'm being honest it, I've got Dave House to thank for uh, a lot you know because it's um it's it's um, helped us get houses it's helped pay for cars you know it's, it's it's helped me meet people that i'd have never met and performed in front of eighty five, ninety thousand people just you know it makes your hairs on the back of your neck stand up when i when i think of all the things i mean one of the things they've got me to do was I just remembered now actually was St Helens were going to be playing at Anfield which is Liverpool FC's ground and he uh, he, he, uh, he asked me if I'd go to a Liverpool match and promote it as St Bernard on the pitch and I'll never forget Liverpool never had a mascot hence why I had to do it was a few weeks after this they asked me to stand in uh, um, as a Carlsberg elephant for them but anyway so I, I go onto the pitch and you can just hear the crowd start to with applause and laughing I'm like oh so I ran over to the cop which is really famous uh, in the footballing world uh, the Anfield cop and I put um, a ball on the penalty spot get the crowd going lift my ears got big floppy ears St Bernard and um, I'm just like right wow so I milked it I'll be honest with you I milked it for a bit because my hairs on my neck were stood up because it was so loud uh, I booted it in, did my dive, bit of a silly dance. Uh, and then I just remember I ran over and there was some sand in a bucket and I just put it on top of the steward's head and you could hear the crowd just erupt laughing. So I'm like, wow, loving this. And then someone just threw a shirt at me and they were saying, hold it up, hold it up. So I held it up and I'm not joking, like the whole of the cop just stood up and all just applauding and going mental and thinking what have I just done what have I, I don't know so I turn it around and it says justice for the 96 because um there's a Hillsborough disaster which uh, you know is uh, infamous in England's uh, in awful bless them uh, and they were just obviously wanting justice for these 96 people that died and it just yeah you know, so symbolic they just went absolutely crazy for it and, and obviously cheered for cheered for it so yeah I mean that you know, even thinking about it now, I just remember it was just the atmosphere were unbelievable. So, yeah, so I've got Dave Howes uh, to thank for so much. I never had to audition. He used to get me jobs. I, he always uh, he always laughs saying he's my agent and he, yeah. needs, <laughs> he needs to get a cut of it because he got me the Cadbury's job, the Liverpool, St. Helens, Leeds Rhinos. Y- Yorkshire, actually, they rang me and, uh, you know, asked me to do it. So that's a little bit different, but, yeah. So Dave Howes has always been the man. Oh, wow, wow. That's, oh my gosh, amazing. I I just like, I love hearing these stories and, and it's just, I don't know, you get you get lost in like all all these opportunities and stuff that you hear about. And I know it's not like full time for you, but it's still like cool to be there with all those people and stuff like what you just described. So yeah. 
I want to move on to a question that everyone loves. I mean, I don't know. They tell me that this is like their favorite question because everyone has a different answer. So um, how do you deal with the unsupervised children, like the drunks or maybe the women? I don't know. <laughs> the drunk children, did you say that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, well, children, very different. I, I've got three children, fortunately. So I was actually going to retire a lot sooner. Uh, but then my wife got pregnant and I just thought, actually, no, it'd be, be amazing to do this as a dad because um, you can just, you know, I can interact with children a lot better from being a dad and knowing what my six-year-old and five-year-old son and 18-month-old daughter love. So, you know, I can make them laugh more. But I always say there's a few different types of children. So the ones that are best are the ones that are scared because they don't come near you. But <laughs> But, uh, you know, they don't get in the way or anything. The, the other best ones are the ones that are in awe of you. So the ones who really love the Ronnie, but they're just like, wow, and they just stare. But then the ones that I'm scared of are the ones that love them and come in and give you big hugs because you're like, no, and pushing them away kind of thing. But because, uh, you know, obviously uh, in the world we live in today, um, you know, I have to go through full I don't know if you have this in my but safeguarding, so you know exactly how to interact with children and uh, and DRB checks and things like this, DBS checks, CRB checks. So there's a lot of training in, in order to know how to deal with children who do that. So, you know, it's, it's a big deal. So, yeah, I prefer the ones who just high five uh, or the ones that are just in awe of you. Um, but then you do get a few cheeky ones that like to uh, to hit you or throw stuff at you. <laughs> so, yeah, they're the unruly ones. But, um, you know, I think one of my nicest things from from being a dad is one of my final games, I remember it, it was one of my last games, um, all the kids came to the front and used to have to, like, uh, sign autographs or have, have pictures. And um, this one kid were at the front, but then, like, three bigger boys pushed him right out of the way. Uh, and he went, I saw him go running up to his dad crying. And his dad was going, go back down, go back down. And I could see that he wasn't going to come back down. So I just uh, I just jumped over the barrier and went over. And he was probably about halfway up the stand by this point. And his little faces had turned around and he could see that Ronnie had come up to him. We had a, a, a big picture and um, signed everything for him. And he were over the moon, bless him. So there's nice things like that that I probably wouldn't have spotted if I hadn't been a dad. So, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's children. Uh, you know, they're all... Like I said, there's there's lots of different types of them, uh, <laughs> but uh, but they're great. And do you know what? It's, uh, any sporting uh, arena will tell you that they need children there because they're the future. So you know, if you can entertain them and make sure that they want to come back the following week, that's great. So yeah. there were some absolute superstars. I should mention some of the children that too because there were some superstars. Megan was. Um, Ronnie's biggest fan from from probably the last five six years goes to every game and she's she just came onto the pitch actually on the last game if it'll be on Sky everyone will have seen it she raised uh, I think um, uh, hundreds of pounds um, for for charity by cycling from Leeds to Warrington which I think is about seventy miles eighty miles so she's only ten years old wow. uh, so she's she's done climbing mountains with Ronnie got to admit it wasn't me who did that because I'm <laughs> too old <laughs> but you know she's done some wonder, wonderful fundraising and so has Amber as well so Megan and Amber have been Ronnie's biggest fans I would say and they've been absolutely amazing 
done my posters and loads of stuff. So the little superstars, them two, uh, a real credit to the parents and everything as well. So um, that's children. Drunken people, now they, they're a different gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I kind of uh, know how to deal with these because um, it's just basically by having a laugh. So the, the, the funniest one was there was a stag do at the uh, at the game, so the uh, the groom to be was dressed as a, a bride. So it was absolutely levered, and all the guys with him were trying to get a picture to have a picture with me. So I said, "Right," and I'm, I'm shouting to him through the head. I went, "You can come on the pitch with me, but you're not allowed to run off." So basically, I got his arm because he was dressed as a bride. We skipped all the way down in front of the south stand, and I gave him a big kiss. Um, and right in front of the crowd, the crowd went mental. They were laughing their heads off. And then we skipped all the way back down. So that's how I dealt with one drunkard. But the worst one was um, we were playing Hull, Hull FC. And basically what used to happen probably up until about five years ago was at half time, each end of the stadium changed. So the away fans had moved to the other side. Now, I completely forgot this. So as I walked out, all of a sudden, where I thought all the Leeds fans would be, there was the Hull fans, and there was no stewards, and they were, they were getting some riot abuse. Then all of a sudden, I heard this, whoa, and there was this massive smack into my back, and I got rugby tackled from behind. So I turned round, and there's this gorilla. <laughs> there's this gorilla in front of me, and I'm like, what the? So I'm like, oh, no. So I'm thinking, right. He's either going to punch me here or he's going to be having a laugh. So I thought, I'm going to get ready for either. So I went up to him and I, I grabbed him and like, tried to make it look like a hug because obviously I'm in front of all the whole fans and I can't see any stewards to help me out. So I give him a big hug and all I can smell is alcohol. And I'm like, what are you doing, mate? He went, Ronnie, I'm just having a laugh. I'm like, okay, sound. Get back over. So he got back into the stand, unfortunately. I managed to get down to the south stands. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that was a funny one. And the women, I don't know. <laughs> Any? <funny? laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I laugh. I know it's so bad because it's like, oh, that's me, but <laughs> I still laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, the, 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 they're hilarious, basically. Yeah, they grab you. They uh, ask you to sign inappropriate places. Honestly, I felt like Happy Gilmore, um, you know, signing stuff. So yeah, it's, they, they um, yeah, there don't seem to be any rules sometimes with women. <laughs> Not all of them had hasten to add. It's uh, just a, just a few, but I always take it in as a laugh, and uh, you know, we've always had a great, uh, great bit of banter. Um, like I say, I'm I'm a showman, so if someone plays up to the camera, then all right, we'll try get her onto the pitch. So she comes on the pitch with me, and one of my party pieces are, are one arm press ups. So I thought, right, I'll start off, and we did the press ups, and I got her to do them. So she did them, and then we went to one arm press ups, and all the crowd were going, ooh. Uh, so she had a go. She fell over and she smashed a pint and it went flying over. <laughs> so she toppled over a drink. Uh, so, yeah, so that was funny. So I, 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 that's what I tried to do. I tried to, if someone's going to be drunk and, you know, have a little laugh with me, as long as they're only having a laugh and it's, it's nothing bad, then um, I'll get them on stage and let them have a play. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so, I don't know, I was excited to read this when you're emailing me. Like, you're writing a book, right? Is this still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. I've, I've, I've been writing it for a while. I keep writing uh, a chapter every now and again to try. Really, I think it's for me and obviously for, for my children as well so they can see all the stuff I've done as a mascot. I mean, there's, there's so many things that I could never imagine to do. Uh, and I think it'd be quite funny. I think there's so many funny stories that that I've had and uh, so many experiences, you know, that are, that are quite powerful that, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I think it'd be a good read. And, um, yeah, so I, I think one of the main reasons why I thought I'll, uh, I'd like to do this interview is really to, um, you know, to see if I remember any other things and also to to kick my bum and make me write it. Yeah, <laughs> so, because uh, I'm going to be the driving force. Yeah, because I'm going to ask when we expect this book. When can I buy this book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to try write it this year. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. So by the end of this year, hopefully, I've wrote it all. So that that's my plan. Alrighty, so you're going to keep me posted, and then I can post about it, and yeah, then hopefully right, get some yeah, sales. <laughs> awesome <laughs> um i don't mind buying it that's fine i just want to promote it <laughs> as long as i get to read it <laughs> no no it's okay you can have, you you can have a copy that's fine you just gotta make sure i write it <laughs> awesome so uh we're gonna wind down until the towards the end and what's the hardest thing about mascotting the hardest thing is um the yeah, the fitness of it really it's uh, you know, there's um, it's a completely different fitness. You, you, I don't know if you know, you'll, you'll see all shapes and sizes of mascots, but the, the main problem you've got is you're breathing normally and the, the number of levels of outfits that you're wearing, so the heat, uh, the humidity, and um, the, the dehydration is just unbelievable. You know, it really is immense. So that has got to be the toughest thing. I know... Neil Wolfe uh, said the same thing, and I think a few of the other mascots did. It's, it, it's got to be that. It's uh, it's really really tough. Yeah, you guys keep mentioning that, like the heat and everything, and but I mean, you guys push through it. So what's why? What's the best part about mascotting? <laughs> the, the best part is just the reaction. So I think we're all born show offs, but um, you know, we it's just it's just amazing to run out to. You know, ninety thousand at Cardiff or Wembley, or twenty thousand at Headingley Stadium. I mean, Headingley Stadium's unbelievable. They're so close to the pitch. Um, you know, in, in English sporting arenas, they're so close. The atmosphere is amazing. And you know, there's sometimes where you know rhinos will be losing, and you just, you know, so, even some of like the um, the, the coach. Stafford asked to get the crowd going, you know, because it really impacts the game. And there's sometimes where we've been down and out and I've done something to get the crowd going. And it's almost like the crowd can get so loud that it spurs the team on to score. And it just doesn't you think, oh, my God, I, I got them going. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's absolutely amazing. But the other thing was running out with my children. So in my last month of being, I think it was two games, before it was Huddersfield away, the last away game I ever did. That Huddersfield and my children were now, so 
we were out and did the dive and it was just beautiful. Just, I mean, the dive on top of me and that is that punching. But, you know, that's kids for you. Uh, but, yeah, that was just amazing and that'll stick with me forever that, you know, I, I did that. So that'd be amazing. So do your kids, did they know that you were the mascot? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, my, my eldest was always scared. Um, so I had to take my head off and talk and then put my head on. But we got there eventually where uh, uh, they were scared and they absolutely loved it. So, yeah, no, they they love telling everyone Ron is my daddy and uh, our Vinny now as well. And so, yeah, no, they, they're great with it. They've, uh, they've been at lots of games. Well, I say lots of games, probably four or five games with me. We've done parties with them and um, I've gone into the schools or the nurseries. Oh, to cool. raise money for them and uh, do stuff like that. So no, I've been able to do a lot of things um, that I could never have imagined as well. So yeah, I've turned Christmas lights are always a good one. So they come and see Ronnie turn on Christmas lights in different villages and, and Leeds and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's one of the things I missed. We, Ronnie used to turn Leeds lights on, which is, you know, you'd always have... Um, like the X Factor star from the year before, turning them on and things like that. So you'd get on stage and have a laugh with them. So another few good things like that. And so what other mascots inspire you? I feel like you've maybe been them all, but <laughs> which other ones inspire you? Well, um, I think um, because I kind of fell into it, I never really saw mascots. Um, the uh, years, I think the main guy who uh, I always think, you know, wow, He's, he's competition. He's, he's, he's um, the lad. I don't know if I can even say his name, and I shouldn't say his name. So uh, he's a lad who uh, was Bull Boy and recently Salford Devils, and he was Ronnie before me. Really good mascot, really good lad. You know, he's got some good tricks, and uh, he now does the dinner speaking and everything. He's got the gift of the gab. He's, uh, uh, he's definitely one of the guys where I thought, do you know what? He, he does a good job that he does. There's a lot of them out there. But I think if I were to single anyone out, it'd have to be have to be that lad, and uh, you know who he is. And I think, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's very good. The American ones, obviously, when you look at those, I think there's some brilliance on 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 uh, Facebook and Twitter. I think they've just got more um, promotion. I think that's all it is, really. As yeah. soon as uh, you get exposure, like you do with NBA and baseball. You know, rugby league, unfortunately, as much as I think it's the greatest sport in the world, the whole world, I'm thinking that's really it's tough to get promotion, you know, and that's what we're finding just for getting the game on TV, you know, as national, for example, things like that. So, so yeah, so um, that'd be that. Can I post the, the videos that you sent me or no? I'm not allowed to do that. Of course you can, yeah, they're on, they're on YouTube and everything, so that's fine. Yeah, of course you can. Oh, okay. Alrighty. I just wanted yeah, to double check that. So I'll post those. And do you have any advice for people that want to pursue mascotting as a career? Yeah, definitely. Um, go for it. But I think the biggie for me is with a mascot, you've got to have something that makes you stand out, something unique to you. So, you know, make it your own. Don't copy the person before. Yeah, I just, yeah, I know that the, the uh, the teens always want that, but I say no. Start afresh, get you get your crowd knowing who you are. Um, so for me, it was the dive at the start, for example, and then it was my dance routine. So I'd always do dance routines with the with the dancers. Now, not everyone's like uh, a dancer, but what what is it? I know Neil uh, Wolfie 
um, friend of mine. He uh, he always used to write stuff on his uh, on his uh, boxer shorts and then pull his pants down. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he were right half. So that was his trick. You know, he, he's got his trick. You know, it's it's what is your thing that makes you stand out so that everyone knows it's you. Um, so I definitely say that, um, and always keep your head on. Never take it off. Always keep in character. Be professional. Yeah. That'll be me. That'll be my advice. And any shout outs? Do you have any shout outs to anyone anywhere? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Shout outs. Uh, thank you to my wife for supporting me all these years. I've been away loads, and the cup final always falls on our anniversary. So. <laughs> Uh, rhinos always get to the finals so uh, the amount of times I've been in the bad books and she's put with me so massive thanks and also always on her birthday weekend it's Easter so there's always two games so every single year there's always birthdays and um, anniversaries that are, that are missed because of, of rugby uh, or cricket so going forward that's done now big shout out to my wife <laughs> and um and my children and uh also dave owls for um for getting me into masculine i couldn't uh, i couldn't have ever imagined all this without him uh being my agent that never got paid yeah <laughs> oh yeah that definitely amazes me is being a professional mascot and and being married and or just being in a serious, committed relationship. And I feel like if you're, I mean, obviously you would want to be with someone who's able to, you know, maybe go to the games, like that's their thing. Like, but what if you marry someone who's not? Like, they don't like going to games and, or like, I don't well, know. Well, I'll be honest that's with you, I, I married that girl who doesn't like going to games. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, so, so I remember my first game I ever did, uh, she came to watch and I was, um, I don't know if you know Ali G. Ali G is like... Uh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Conan? Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Ali G, basically, I was Ronnie dressed as Ali G. And like, <laughs> I had 12 girl dancers coming into me and like, basically grind up against me. I had to push them off, twerk, and then I had to push them off. Um, so, and then I had to do a press-up over the top of one of them. And uh, I was 21 at this point. And um, my wife is like, yeah, I don't ever want to come and watch you do that again. So you just crack on. I know you're only dancing. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't want to watch it though. So, yeah. So she's probably only been to about four or five games, bless her. Oh, boo. <laughs> she's not really into it. <laughs> well i mean whatever works like i don't know i i feel like i would be one of those people like at all of the games i'm already at all of the hockey games most of them for la so <laughs> i don't know cool. but i know whatever works like in in the relationship but i know that's gotta be tough so shout out to your wife and and to your kids as well <laughs> cheers yeah cool and yeah anything else yeah i guess the i think I'm trying to think the only thing I, that i missed was um that I was I was part of the um, I was running when Rhinos won the treble, so we won the um, the league, and then we won the cup final, and then uh, the grand final. Now, f- five days before the grand final, my daughter was born, and of it, and, and uh, Rhinos were asking me if I, I'd, I'd be able to do the final. So I was kind of like. Well, my wife let me. Should I do it? Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, there was either the choice of the grand final or the homecoming. So I was, I was over the moon that my wife had said, "You can do one of those, but you can't do both." 
So anyway, I thought, I'll do the grand final because if we don't win, there'll be no homecoming. Right, so we won. So we got the treble. And then the homecoming, uh, I couldn't believe it. So so on the, um, I think it was about two days after she was born, I got a call saying, can you, um, is there any chance at all that you could do the homecoming? I said, look, I can't. I've already got the nod to do the, the cup, the grand final. I can't do both. They went, well, we've rented out Leeds Arena. So it's like a big, like where all the pop stars go. I think Bruce Springsteen opened it and things like that. So anyway, <laughs> so they went, we've rented that out and there's going to be 5,000, 6,000 people there. And we want you to do a dance routine. So I said, look, I'm really sorry. I would give anything to do it, but I can't. So they said, oh, okay, what if, because uh, it was three hours long, they went, what if we get you a taxi to arrive five minutes before your dance routine, you do your dance routine and then the taxi picks you up five minutes afterwards and you go home. So I'm like, oh, wow. So I had a word <laughs> with my wife and she went, do you know what? It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You can do it. So I'll never forget it one of the most amazing things ever. I go out on stage, crowd went mental. And this is on YouTube as well. I'll have to send you it. But it's, uh, yeah, a five-minute dance routine to Uptown Funk. <laughs> we're just the best at ever danced it, it uh, you know we'd, we'd done it in a couple of games before and uh, absolutely nailed it it was absolutely brilliant I felt like a rock star I thought I could do this every week I'd love this um, but yeah I don't think I'll ever get to do that again so you know <laughs> that was one of the stories I definitely had to tell you yes definitely <laughs> shout out to your wife oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, my wife won't let me call her. Me, I wanted to call my first son Ronnie, but she had none of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, I know we're always the crazy ones, like in the stories. But then you know, you have those women, like your wife, who you know, we, they put up with a lot, you know. And oh, I feel she's like amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> Neil's wife as well. I mean, shout out to her <laughs> prepping his suit. <laughs> that still gets me every time. Thank you. I just want to thank you for, you know, being on the show. I know it's late over there, so I'm going to let you go. But I, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Like, I, re I really appreciate it. I know I say this every time to, like, everyone. But it's really cool to just hear these stories from people. And I know, like, we're not best friends or anything, and I've never met you. But to just share a conversation and learn these things about, you know, this person or just listen to the conversation is cool, like, yeah, I talked to this guy who was a mascot for 20 years and his mom was like an Olympic gymnast and his dad was the, wait, did you? Or am I just thinking yeah, of the yeah, email? Yeah, fifth yeah. yeah, and your dad was the USA um, acrobatics coach and stuff. And that's just really cool. And I know I don't personally know you, but I had this conversation with you and it's just really cool to hear all those stories and stuff. So yeah, I thank you for sharing. I mean, with a complete stranger and with... The 50 people that will listen, but I appreciate that a lot. So thank you. No problem. And I should really, I should really give a shout out. Um, uh, my, my parents um, died when I was 16 and 20, but I was lucky to have two dads. So I should give a shout out to my uh, my, my other dad as well. So uh, I'm a lucky guy that I had two dads fortunately. So a big shout out to my dad as well. He lives in England. So yeah. Awesome. Well, well thank you very much. Thank you very much for taking your time out. Hope you've got some good stories. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, and then keep me posted on, on the book. I will definitely promote that when it comes out. 
I don't know if the podcast will still be out, but <laughs> I'm still going to have the Twitter and like the Facebook. So I'll just share it there and stuff. Brilliant. Alrighty, well, thank you and um, have a good night. <laughs> thank you very much. And that was it for episode number 21. <laughs> I guess I'm going to keep going, you guys. <laughs> I only have one more episode for next week. I haven't recorded anything yet, so we'll see what happens. I just wanted to clarify. I think, I mean, this is so long ago already. So when I first started talking to this past guest about doing the interview, he had mentioned <laughs> the galaxy story, but he didn't specify Cosmo. In my mind, I saw 2003 and I assumed it was Cosmo because that was like the first year that I came out, that he came out. But I guess it was right before Cosmo was introduced and that old mascot was named like Twizzle or Twizzler or something like that. And he was this space guy in a green suit <laughs> i guess he was a spaceman so look it up or i i could post a picture i think i saved a picture it was really hard to find a picture of him because it was it was so long ago and there weren't many pictures so anyways i just wanted to mention we talked about dan mirrors a lot last episode episode 20 with jordan and i just i sometimes i forget what i edit out and um, I I think I totally edited out edited out that he had a book. He had a book called Wolves Can't Fly, and it's by Dan Mears, and it's about how he became a mascot. And it's really interesting. I'm about halfway through. I wish I had more time, but I'm I'm really enjoy I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a really positive book. I just, just fair warning, like I'm not really religious, but uh, there's and there's a lot of religious references in the book, but I don't mind. It just seems like a positive good book so i hope to finish that and you guys should check it out if you need something to read and you know obviously mascots interest you or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast but yeah check it out it's a good read and also shout out to jordan because i forgot to mention that he's trying to create or he's in the process of creating a character of his own to go out and to do programs he created a character to go into hospitals and nursing homes and into schools and special education classrooms and he had a whole he wanted to bring sunshine and happiness to those who have more rainy days than sunny days and i hope i got that right <laughs> i take notes you guys but when i'm taking notes i like scribble or if i'm just like i have a million things on my mind like i yeah it's really hard to go back and actually read my notes it happens with my songs all the time when i'm trying to play the guitar and it's like what did i just write oh my gosh two more shout outs you guys two more shout outs shout out to olivia i posted this on facebook and i posted the link on twitter to facebook shout out to olivia who was the first female brutus at ferris university that was really cool to see her pass on the golden bone uh, i had a former mascot from Ferris State give me an interview and we talked about passing that golden bone and uh, yeah if you put two and two together I mean you'll figure it out but I just want to say shout out to Olivia and her big reveal that was on Facebook so that was cool that was cool to see also shout out to Rad Dad Chad who is a fellow podcaster he does the Full of Fiber podcast and you can check that out and he always listens so I just wanted to shout him out um shout out to all the fellow podcasters that listen and then shout out to the mascots if you would like to be 
on the show if you're a mascot or a former mascot or somehow work in the mascot world i don't know if you're a handler or something you can be on the show like i would love to have you i'm trying to make it to 25 right here so <laughs> you can email me at contact at mascotdiaries.com you can follow my social media at mascot diaries on instagram facebook and twitter i think that's it as always thank you for listening and take care